an incredible moment it was on Thursday night. Last pick of the first round out walks Brett Veach, or excuse me, Clark Hunt, owner of the Chiefs. That would have been cool, though. Yeah. Clark that would have been cool. Clark yeah. Hunt, owner of the Chiefs. He walks out. The draft is in Kansas City on stage at Union Station. And he makes the selection. Felix and Yudike Uzama, Kansas City kid, played his college ball at Kansas State. Fireworks are going off in the background. Just an amazing scene and a really cool moment both for the Chiefs and for a Kansas City kid who hears his hometown team call his name in his hometown. Oh, and they happen to be uh, the best team in the world. To talk more about him, Felix and Yudike Uzama is his high school coach, the head coach of Lee's Summit Football. Eric Thomas joining us now on 610 Sports Radio. Good morning, Coach. How are you doing? Doing, doing great, and uh, we're excited to uh, have you on and talk a little bit more about Felix. Hey, Coach, I tell you what, yeah. man, it's, it's, it's a factory for you. Drew Locke, of course, went to, to Lee's Summit High School and with Felix, and I think more and more of his story is kind of uh, – fun to watch especially like what he did during the pandemic coach as far as bulking himself he's always a great football player for you but the way he took care of his body and always eye on the prize uh to before he went to kansas state yeah you know felix was uh definitely under recruited and and that was one of the reasons why was was his size and his not necessarily his height or his frame but his his weight uh everybody was concerned about that but felix was a three-four athlete and you know, playing basketball winner and then running track. I mean, he was a, he was an all-state triple jumper. So no all-state triple jumper is going to want to put on, you know, 240, 250 pounds. But with the pandemic happening, his senior season of track, um, man, he just he just went to work in the gym and, and reported heavier and, and got things going. Coach, I think this pandemic's going to be interesting to look at back at it a couple of years. Like the not having gyms, guys doing the home gyms, guys focusing, not watching TV too much or playing too many video games and concentrating on football. But how trying was that, you know, with you and, and, and take care of these guys and making sure they're going in the right direction? But he's really, really a product of a guy that went to town, went in that lab during that pandemic. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, he did. And, uh, you know, he knew, he knew to be successful at K-State, he was going to have to put on some weight and, and it was just a head start for him. Um, instead of being in spring track, uh, you know, being able to get in there and get that weight going and, and start bulking up was, was a, you know, a blessing in disguise with the pandemic. Now, I will tell you, and I think Felix would tell you also, he would have probably rather had a senior track season because our track team, man, they were, they were positioned to possibly win a state title that year. I mean, you had Johnny Brackens, you had Felix. Uh, you know, Josh was a freshman at that point, but his brother Micah Manning, was was really good they had distance runners they were solid across the board uh and were going to be pretty good that spring season of track and so those guys missed a lot with that but felix took advantage of that opportunity talking to eric thomas head football coach at least summit high schools uh, turns out players to the next level at a remarkable clip a couple guys in the national football league as we sit now and coach i gotta take when you when you look at these high, high school players to college it's always interesting to me because here's a guy that even Felix were almost, okay, almost went to Mizzou and didn't even play football, but stuck with football and stuck it out and grinded. And only Bowling Green and North Dakota State, you know, throw offers this direction. Now we're seeing him in the National Football League with the world champions drafted in the first round. Why do college coaches miss 
so much on players, coach, or your players? Because obviously you can put size and weight on a kid when they go there. How do they miss so frequently? Well, I, I mean, I think, and we talk to our kids about this all the time, when you're talking about these elite-level Division One programs, they're recruiting across the country. So when you look at a kid like Felix, who at the time was 6'3", 215, and then you've got a guy in Florida that's 6'4", and, and already weighs 255, 260, sometimes they look over that and look at the guy that, hey, he's all football and he's putting on this weight and he's already this size, those types of things. But sometimes college coaches have a hard time measuring the heart and the soul of a kid and, and what they're really about. And, and I think they struggle with that. And they struggle seeing, okay, what can this guy be for us two or three years down the road? And for Felix, it happened faster than that. But sometimes these, these college guys don't want to take uh, developmental players. And, and honestly, guys, this, this uh, NLI and, and the transfer portal has made it worse for high school kids. Because now guys are just instantly going to the transfer portal and they're filling up their signing classes with guys that have already played or guys that have already been in college for a couple of years. Um, so it's making it harder and harder for some of our high school kids to get out there. I mean, we had guys sign NAI this year. There's nothing wrong with NAI. I love it. It's great football. But those guys three or four years ago would have been Division two football players. Uh, and, you know, so it's just kind of a trickle-down effect with this transfer portal thing. Uh, now, that wasn't there when Felix was there, and I'm getting off topic, but that's that's part of the thing is they're looking for guys that can come in and contribute right now. Um, so, you know, they can recruit across the nation, so they got to be willing to take chances on guys. You speak to the heart and soul of these players, and, and I, I, I want to ask you, like, what, as a, as a person, what kind of player is is Felix, and how does that character make him a perfect fit for an NFL team like the Chiefs? Yeah, he's going to be a great locker room leader, great guy, great uh, personality, um, but not – I mean, he's a humble. Um, he's not going to be boisterous, over-the-top type of guy, but the thing you're going to get with Felix and the thing when you turn his film on, all the way back into high school, I mean, he was a kid that we could constantly show our kids what effort looks like on the football field because he was not going to be denied. We talk all the time about it being a race to the football, and Felix was going to win that race. Um, I mean, he was fast to the ball all the time, and he did that in college also. It was, it was such a pleasure to be able to turn on a K-State film and, and show our kids, look, he's still playing hard. Uh, and that's what's going to get him to the next level is his effort and his tenacity to get to the football. And, and now, you know, here we are. I think that is his best trait. He's not going to be denied. But I think it goes back to his story and his path of having to work hard, having to be that guy that was every day engaged to get in and achieve his goals. We're talking to Felix Anudike, Uzama's high school coach, Eric Thomas, at Lee's Summit here on 610 Sports Radio. To that point, coach, simply why why would you be willing to bet on this kid's success in the NFL? Because <laughs> I've seen him bet on himself multiple times. <laughs> you know, I mean, here's a, here's a kid, and you guys have heard the stories already, but, you know, he's an eighth grade uh, B-team football player for us. Played his freshman year, continued to come out because his brother was in the program. Celestine was playing with us. Uh, you know, still wasn't great as a freshman, probably a B-team player there still. Um, and then as a sophomore, you know, there were some, some things of him really not being able to get it done and, and trying to play at the varsity level. And he took it upon himself to get better and, and said he was going to be that guy. And by the end of his sophomore year going into his junior year, I mean, he was unblockable and then became a two-time All-State football player. So – that path through our program tells me he's going to be successful. Then you look at his path to K-State. 
you know, he goes there without a scholarship. Uh, he goes there and, and trusts their coaches that they're going to take care of him when he gets there. Uh, and they do, you know, credit to the K-State coaches, Coach Kleiman and Coach Riley. Those guys have a tremendous amount of faith and respect for them. But then his path through K-State, I mean, he starts at the bottom, and here we are two or three years in. And, I mean, three years in, he's the Big 12, you know, defensive player of the year and, and an All-American. Uh, so that path has happened twice now. So what would lead you to believe that it's not going to happen with the Chiefs? It's an interesting story. I mean, here you got a guy that was maybe undersized, wasn't going to play football, go to Missouri, just go to school, and all of a sudden he's Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, first-round draft pick. And, Coach, i got to ask this. When he was offered by Bowling Green in North Dakota State and the offers weren't rolling into him, and you knew how good – because he was a very good high school football player. When you see that stuff, like how hard did you guys have to make those connections with Kansas State for him to get that chance? Because – his story could have gone many different directions. If he doesn't get that chance with Kansas State, maybe he does go to another school and doesn't play football. And it's a, it's a damn shame because here's the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year and a first-round draft pick that doesn't go that direction. How hard was it to get him to go to Kansas State and he didn't have that offer right away? Yeah, it, it was tough, man. There was there was some trying days there. I mean, because Felix knew he didn't – I mean, his parents loved Bowling Green and they really wanted him to go to Bowling Green. Um and then he committed to North Dakota State, uh, and Felix he always saw himself as something better than North Dakota State, and that's one of the best. I mean, that's one of the best programs in the nation, right? So I was like, man, you go here, you're still gonna have a chance to get to the league. Your goals are all still gonna be able to cheat, be achieved. But he just he wanted to be at that next level, so we just kept working behind the scenes. I mean, I'm con- still contacting coaches all over the country about him, trying to get someone to pull the trigger. K State had been high on him from the beginning, and Coach Kleiman and those guys had just come from North Dakota State. Uh, and really just we had a good relationship with them. And, and you know, <laughs> Coach Riley, I can remember Connor Riley, their O-line coach, just kept telling me, be patient. We're going to have some things sort out. We're going to see what happens. And, and literally it was like the day before Felix was going to sign with North Dakota State, um, they kind of came through with this scenario and this this option for Felix to sign a letter of commitment to them, to commit to them, and them commit to him, and they. But man, there was a lot of trust involved, and Felix trusted it. He trusted me and my relationship with them, um, and and made it happen. So uh, it, it is a story. It's, it's one that I've never had before, but uh, it's exciting. Well, it's a cool story, and uh, I know you're probably excited to be able to keep a very watchful eye on him in your backyard. Uh, playing for the hometown team. So, Coach, I thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're fired up about what this kid uh, can bring to the Chiefs. So uh, thanks for coming on and telling us a little bit more about him today. Yeah, no doubt. appreciate you guys having me on. and It is an exciting time for Lee Summit High School and, and for the whole Kansas City metro area with the draft in town. And Felix is going to be somebody the entire metro area can be proud of, so I'm excited about that. Coach, keep churning out NFL players, man. I mean, just keep <laughs> doing it, man. You, you got a factory going on. Well, hey, there's another one on the boards this weekend, maybe Mitchell Tinsley, yep. uh, who, who's out there and could get drafted late or get a free agent contract. And then who knows, three or four years from now, we might might be seeing some other guys walk across the stage that are down in MU right now. So can you, you do know, something? Can you do something for our careers? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Good talking to you, Coach. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. All right. That is the head coach of Lee's Summit High School football. He turns one of the line, man. I'll go out there and let him rub the head or something here. They yeah. can't rub the top of the head. Let me tell you this much about guys like Coach Eric Thomas. He helped. Like, if it's not for him and his footwork, maybe Felix doesn't get that chance at Kansas State. 
these high school coaches that build these connections with colleges, and in the talks they have on the phone, hey, give my guy a chance. Give my guy a chance. If it's not for that kind of stuff behind the scenes, maybe he doesn't get that chance at Kansas State. Maybe he's not Big 12 Player of the Year. Maybe he's not a first-round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. It takes coaches like Coach Thomas, who's a, who's a great coach, it takes these guys sometimes to go that extra effort and are a big part of the story of who and what he is, Chris, to get behind these kids and give them that opportunity. Like Coach Andy Sims at that Park Hill, he had like 40 guys within a three-year span of Blue Valley North get to the next level and play college football. Like these high school coaches around this area really help these young men, man, get developed and go to the next level. Like they put a lot of effort into it. All right, we're going to talk more about Felix, this draft class, and what's in store here on day three of the NFL Draft coming up next on 610 Sports Radio. This is an NFL Draft special with the Character Concerns podcast crew. Subscribe and download today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 610 Sports Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. The Character Concerns crew is back for more NFL draft coverage. And we will be back again Monday night. We're like Gensu Nice, but wait, there's more. That's right. What are our hours for Monday? I can't keep my head straight. 6 to 2 a.m. I don't think we're going until 2. You might. 6 to 9. You might. Chris and I may take off at 9 o'clock. Yeah, we got off the air at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. last night. And uh, 12 I'll tell you what, when the alarm clock went off around 7.15 this morning, the snooze was hammered a couple times. Yeah, I, I woke up at, I, I don't I don't set an alarm or anything. My, my body's just like, okay, it's time for you to wake Even up. Even like man. on days like today? Never, never. I, uh, I never have to because I, I usually wake up at like 6 every morning. But like this morning, since it was such a late night, I got to bed at like 1 in the well, morning. Well, not just a late night, but two consecutive yeah, late nights. <laughs> such a late night. So I woke up at 7.30. I was like, I woke up and it was like 7.38. I was like, okay, I should probably get up and go. Uh, I'm the same way. And I usually usually do, but I did set the alarm clock today. You know why? I was forced to chill. My internet went down. We had an internet What outage. time? It's still down. 12.37 a.m. The internet goes down. It's still down because I called and just threw a fit. Let me ask you something. <laughs> Big, I is, threw, Big I threw, is the guy who will throw way, a fit. The whole way up to 6.35. He is 100% that'll throw a fit. Let me ask you this, Bink. Honest question. What time did you wake up this morning? Um, I don't know if there was a wake up time. I think I just was turning and tossing and thinking and I was pissed at the internet. Okay. How much sleep did you get Thursday night? None, but I was, no, are you serious? I didn't, I didn't sleep. Did you even go to bed? No. Cause I watched the draft. Again. I slept, I slept for two hours there. Uh, actually, no, no. I, yeah, I slept for two hours Thursday. I have not slept What's really wrong in with two you guys? days. Yeah. I, that was just because I, I, I had too much caffeine. But I'm going to crash. Before. Yeah, I, well, crash. I was laying in bed. My eyelids were twitching <laughs> yeah. on Thursday. I was yeah. like, why did I drink that? Me too. I was like, I had one of them. I had one of them. Running, fast, I had one running them. on bang. Like when yeah. I crash, I'm going to crash so damn I had hard. I had one of those fast twitches that yeah. they've been advertising, and I was like, oh, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have had that at 2 o'clock. You really didn't even go to bed on Thursday? Honestly. You're an animal. I'm so wired up on adrenaline. This is my favorite time of the year that, again, when I finally fall asleep, it may be for like four days straight. <laughs> you're going like to go in. Like you're going to go in. No, I'm going to call Aaron Rodgers and get the darkness retreats. Ayahuasca. Yeah. No, I'm going to go in the cave and turn off every advice. I like that. I like that a lot. Guys, we have our first action already on day three. The draft doesn't officially begin for another 39 minutes, but 
The Saints have moved up. They have traded to get the first pick of round four. So they get pick 103. They had to give up picks 115 and 165. The, here's the only reason this is interesting. Is I just want to look at the compensation for what they had. They, they move up 12 spots and gave up a late fifth round pick. They gave up a late fifth round pick to move up 12 spots. So if you are someone who thinks the Chiefs should be aggressive again like they were yesterday, they traded up for both their second and third round picks. And if you're thinking they should continue that trend today, now we have some compensation to go off of. Trading up 12 spots will cost you a fifth round pick. So the Chiefs currently have pick 134 and then pick 166 in the fifth round. You give up that fifth round pick, you could probably move up 10 to 12 spots. Well, here's the deal. The Rich Hill trade chart, there's not a ton of value, for example. The number one pick in the draft is 1,000 points. And this is what teams teams use charts like. The Chiefs' first round pick was worth 190. Right now, you're sitting there looking at picks in the fourth round worth 28 points, 24 points. I mean, pick 120, for example, is worth 24 points. I mean, there's not a ton of points. And what I would say by points is, each pick's assigned a value, and the further you go in the draft, like you get to the seventh round, they're worth two and one point. So the, the the cost of doing business is not great. Do you guys think the Chiefs should be aggressive here in round four? Would you like to see them trade up? Is there a player you would like to see them trade up for? Yeah, I think there's a couple guys out there that are like Nick Salaveri, the lineman, and then Zach Coons, the tight end. But, I think do, but would they need to move up to get them? I think so. I think a little bit because I think these guys are – I, for sure, I think they're early fourth-round picks, Chris. I think they might not have to do it so much for Koontz just because if you look at the way the boards, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, fleshed out, there were a lot of players that we thought were going to go on day two that are still on the board, like Kelly Ringo and, and yeah. Adebaore and, and guys like that. There's a lot of guys you're like, I can't believe this guy fell. Like Dwan we Jones yeah, is out there. Yeah, like we were looking at guys yesterday, like, that we were thought we thought could go second round, and they were only third round, like Josh Downs, wide receiver out of North Carolina. Like, there's a lot of guys here where it's like, okay, this kind of gives the Chiefs a little insulation if they do want to wait until 95 to make the, I mean, until uh, was it 122 to make the pick, because they don't have to move up if they think that there's better value where they're at, and if they think if they trust their board and just like, hey, we think this, this guy's gonna fall to us it's a good position to be in. Now, if they do want to get one of those guys that fell, that was projected to go higher then yeah, they're going to have to move up properly. You mentioned a guy, Chris, local kid, another local kid. We just got done talking about Felix at a Tamiwa at North kid city, North KC goes and plays his ball at Northwestern. Not super productive. Had four and a half. I mean, not terrible. Have four and a half sacks defensive tackle uh, for Northwestern. His junior year had five sacks last year as a senior Entered the combine as a guy who you thought would be around on day three, right? So nothing really out of the usual right now. And then he goes to the combine and, I mean, dominates freakishly athletic testing results. 6'2", 282. He runs a 44940, 4'2", 6 shuttle, 161, 10-yard split. 37-inch vertical, 125-inch broad jump. These aren't good numbers. These are elite numbers. The These fastest are th- ever for somebody over 280. The fastest 40 time ever for somebody over 280 pounds. Is he a defensive end? Is he a defensive tackle? I think that question is probably the reason why he didn't hear his name called 
on day two is like, what, what is this guy's position? Is he a tweener? Now there's a fine line between being a tweener and being versatile. Steve Spagnuolo loves versatility. I know it would continue with the trend of like getting another Kansas city kid, getting another local product, but I would love to see the Chiefs go after him. Now, I think that would be a real, I think he's going to be one of the first names called today. Yeah, I think so too. Which is probably high school. Probably him. a lot of other teams were thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's like, move up and get Oh, him. I can't believe he fell to the fourth round. Yeah. yeah exactly. He played high school about a mile and a half from the center block where we were last night, which is Man. insane. He should have came by. He could have come by. I would take, he could have had some Firkin. That's right. He could have had a. He's of age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, though, that, that because the way the board is shaken up the way that it has. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to find some good value here. Like, mm-hmm. again, there's so many guys that we were looking at and it was like, oh, there's no way that guy falls to day three. And you look at some of the names. I mean, Darnell Washington was a guy that was talked about in the late first round, and he fell all the way to the third round. So at that point, we kind of knew that this was going to become a really weird draft. And then day three is, looks like it's full. It's got a lot of gems here. I think now this is where you're going to see some of these guys make their money as general manager, as head coach. Yeah, yeah, and Brett Veach has already made his money there. And I'll tell you what, man, I love this trade. I love seeing that the, the Saints are now the first team because just seeing some compensation, giving up a fifth-round pick, that'll move you up about 12 spots. There are moves to be made. You know Brett Veach is no stranger to him, as we saw yesterday. Real, real quick, one quick question for you. What's the show about combine times? How important is a combine? Because we're seeing guys destroy the combine that are still available. Remember the Raiders used to take the fastest guy? Well, in the I, I, but, I'll but, tell you what. I'll tell you what. People are going like Don Terry Post syndrome, guys that showed out at the combine but didn't game film. But look at the patience of GMs not taking these combine but, standouts. Like Nolan Smith. But I do think each team operates differently. And there are teams who on day two and three are still saying, like, we need a guy who can help us from day one. The Chiefs are not that team. The Chiefs can be riskier than a lot of these other GMs who need plug-and-play guys. Brett Veach is just looking for dudes, and we don't need you right now, but if in two years you can be a stud, we'll take a risk on you. But a lot of patience not taking combine heroes. Well, yep, and and nobody's in a position to be more patient than the Kansas City Chiefs are. All right, coming up before 11 o'clock, we're going to call our shots. We're going to tell you who we think the Chiefs are going to take here on day three. This is Character Concerns on 610 Sports Radio. This is an NFL Draft Special with the Character Concerns Podcast Crew. Subscribe and download today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 610 Sports Radio. Good morning, Kansas City. Thanks for hanging out with us. I am Nick Schwert, Chris Unocero, Jay Binkley. This is Character Concerns on 610 Sports Radio. What a beautiful day it is. If you're heading down to the draft, I know this is the day that a lot of people are going to go down and check it out for the first time, maybe trying to avoid the crowds a little bit. Chris, you said you're going down, right? Yeah, I'm meeting some friends down there, and uh, I was worried because you looked at the weather, and it said it might rain this morning. Dude, look outside, bro. And I got up this morning, and I opened up the blinds, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Chamber of Commerce Day. This is is working out exactly how it should. I'm very... Looking very much forward to being at the draft after we get. Where are you going to go? Where do you want to position yourself? Like, what? Where, where do you? You want know, to I, be? I'm kind of, I'm kind of going to focus more on the fan experience than I am sitting around like uh, trying to stand around the stage because everyone's going to be try to be around the stage and whatnot. 
And I kind of want to go and focus on the fan experience and just kind of take the whole thing in, you know, like I want to see the stage for sure. Cause it, it looks so great on TV and whatnot and all the pictures, but I want to like go around and see the whole fan experience. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and what, I mean, the weather couldn't have opened up more perfectly for this day. I mean, I'm sure this is the day that a lot of people, I, I wouldn't be surprised if today is busier than yesterday was. Saturday, weather's better. better. It's Saturday. It's beautiful out. Like, it's a good time to go take the kids. She's going with the family. Yeah. If you want to see Cheeks make picks, man, today's the day. Five picks. And uh, from the 816, I I realized this right as we were coming back on the air. Uh, My mic was on the entire time during that commercial break. So, uh, I don't think I said anything inappropriate. You didn't. We were talking about your, about your, uh, your, your flashpoint. That's right. That's right. Two thirteen flashpoint. By the way, you know you're looking you to gave get it a good endorsement. Hey, you're looking like to get in a better. You're looking to get in a better shape this year. Try two thirteen flashpoint. So I'm telling you, I'm interested. <laughs> in that. That's actually a great, great advertisement. <laughs> that's right. Just, just you know, organic. Yeah, it was. It's the best way. That's the best way to do it, guys. I, I think I've found a life hack when it comes to the NFL draft. I've over the last twelve hours, I have really found myself buying into the chief selection of Rasheed Rice because I've kind of went, I've went 180. When I first saw the report, it was Rasheed Rice that they were trading up to get at pick 55. I didn't love it. Much like, like when you have your, uh, your mind set on someone, like I really thought the Chiefs were going to go after Marvin Mims. I really thought they might go after Cedric Tillman. And when I saw Rasheed Rice, I said, okay, the kid from SMU, Right, really inconsistent, physically gifted, kind of was bossing around these cornerbacks, but he played against weak competition, and he was good one play, terrible the next. Technically, he's kind of a mess. I just don't know if I love it, but I think the life hack is remind yourself the team that you're talking about. And, Chris, I think you you said it best earlier today. Think about the Chiefs. And their model of consistency, like, think of them as you would an elite college program. Think of them as you would Georgia. Think of them as you would Alabama. They're a factory. And when you have a team like that and you constantly are infusing it with new talent, just look at last year. You draft 10 players, seven of them play in the Super Bowl. What's the stat, Bink? How many starters from the draft? Uh, there was four guys. Well, no, th- no, no, was it 21 of 22, right? 21 of the last 22 have made the roster, and right. Cornell Powell's on the practice squad. Bo Pete Key's the only guy not here. When you think about the Chiefs as a college program, then all of a sudden it frees up the idea that this guy can take a year to develop, right? It's a redshirt year. You said Tom Osborne, Bill Snyder. And when I think about approach. Rasheed Rice and his physical traits, I say, I don't need you to be good this year. But if you if you tell me you're contributing at a high level by year two, I think this guy could become a very special player because the pressure is not on them to be the guy in year one. There is no pressure with the Chiefs. There's pressure to be good. Eventually, there's there's pressure to fit in and do things the right way, but there's no pressure to perform. Like, I don't care what your stats are. As a rookie, you're a rookie. You're allowed to get better. And when you think about it through that prism, I think it's it's much easier to start getting excited about a guy because you're no longer hyper-focused on what he's going to do for you right away. I think Rasheed Rice is going to be the guy people drive to St. Joe for. 
they want to see what he could do. Obviously, they want to see what Felix can do. I think do Felix too. is going to be the more, the well, more, I, the big, the bigger reason why people go up there because he's the first round pick. But, but the receivers are the ones that go ooh and off for. And yeah, say, but but when you, the first ooh, round pick, catch. the first round edge rusher is all, and the hometown kid is going to be the the main focus there. Um, but I, I will say this, I I think, and and, and you you brought up you brought that the, this point up, Nick. I think. The Chiefs are this kind of team that's just, they're going to get ahead of the problem. They're not going to be the kind of team that's going to wait until it becomes a severe issue before they handle it. They're going to get ahead of it. And like the Chiefs could have justified not taking an edge rusher in the first round and say, hey, we'll just have Omenihue play edge. We got, we got Naughty back here. We got Cowart. You know, we could put those in Turk Wharton still. We could put those guys in there and at, at the at the three tech and we're fine. But the Chiefs said, you know, let's get ahead of the issue. Let's go get a young, another young first round edge rusher here so that we don't have to think about that position for a while. Okay, let's go get a, a receiver that we can develop long term so that we don't have to think about that position for a while. You know, let's go get an offensive tackle that could compete so we don't have to think about that position for a while. And I think that that's the difference between what the Chiefs do and what a lot of these other teams are doing. And, and it helps when you have a quarterback that is the best in the league because you don't have to worry about trying to get, be perfect everywhere else. You can draft ahead and take your time. Uh, they're in such a great position. I know that like there's some cap constraints now that Mahomes' contract extension is kicked in and they're in the second year of that now. But when your quarterback is the best in the league, it helps you around the team so much because you it's okay if your your linebacking core isn't perfect, if your defensive secondary isn't perfect. It's it's really nice to see them be in a position where they can kind of get ahead of the issue and then on the third day, they can kind of draft for luxury, draft for potential at positions that they don't need guys right now. And very much, again, that's like a college program doing that where these college teams are over-recruiting at certain positions because it's like, okay, well, we don't need a quarterback now, but we'll need a quarterback in a year when this guy gets drafted into the league. So let's go get our quarterback here, and then we can develop him. We, can we project you to be a different position? Exactly. Like I told you about the tight end, six four two ten. 4 2 10 They say, oh, let's make this guy a center, Bill Snyder. This one sticks out to me, though. This is what I think the Chiefs approach is going to be today. We talk about this versatility. This was uh, Veach, and this sticks out to me, what he said with Pat McAfee, because I think this applies a lot to what today's going to be for the Chiefs. Well, I think um, you you kind of alluded to it. it it's speed and um, and versatility, which which goes with the, the player's aptitude to be able to come in and learn plays. Coach likes to um, – he likes to create matchup problems, and he, he likes um, offensive players that can play multiple positions. So if he wants to get to a play or a look that's successful, it doesn't have to be that same receiver running – that player, that same running back running that play. So any guy that can come in here and, and certainly speed is right at the, the forefront of, um, you know, skill sets that are valued and desired. But guys that can run, but also, um, like I mentioned, just be versatile and line up in different positions, um, play multiple positions. Um, you know, we like receivers that can play inside and outside, and we, we like running backs that can go out and, and play in the slot. So anytime you get speed and versatility, um, you, you know, Needless to say, those guys will be high on our priority list. And I think that's been the theme. What he said right there has been the theme of what the Chiefs have been doing. Yeah, I think you could draw that that commonality between all three of these guys. Like Felix, he they I mean with what they did with him in Manhattan, with they're running a three three five. That's not what they're going to be doing in Kansas State. They they kicked him a little bit more inside. Like now you can kind of get back to 
putting him on the outside, but he does have this build, this wide sort of broad build where you'd say, okay, 255, you could probably put some weight on, right? You might be playing 270 in a year or two. And now all of a sudden gives you flexibility to do more things. Rasheed Rice, use him over the top, use him underneath. He's strong. He can break tackles, but he can also be that physical receiver winning contested catches. Wanya Morris, I think that's a guy who potentially, I, I hope that I'm wrong. I think he's got the potential to be your starting right tackle. Like Chris, you've talked about several times from day one. I think he's going to compete for that right tackle job. But if he's a swing tackle or if he's a guy who maybe you end up kicking inside and be a utility guy on the line. He can play guard. You can play guard, much like a Nick, like a, maybe a souped-up Nick Allegretti, so to speak. Like, I think he's more talented and has higher upside. But if that's what you end up getting, a guy who gets a second contract who's with your organization for the next five, six years, that's a su- successful draft pick. You heard what he said there, too. Or a running back that you can put in the slot. Yeah. You heard about what he said there. Guys that you can move around and not afraid to put the running back in the slot. And, and, that's, why, and that's why Deuce... They were to yeah. get him. He'd, 100%. Perfect, he'd be perfect for that slot role. There. That, that was pretty telling. That little eh, yeah, running yeah. back. That we they they always put. they always drop a, little, a few nuggets here and there. So any running back you see now, okay, who can kind of go in the slot if that's what they needed? Yeah. So could Deuce be the guy for the Chiefs here on day three? We'll give you some names to look for, and we're going to call our shot for the Chiefs in round four. The day three of the NFL draft starts here in seventeen minutes. We'll be back on the other side on six ten Sports Radio. The NFL Draft starts in 12 minutes. I'm Nick Schwartz, Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero. Character concerns with your 2023 NFL Draft coverage here on 610 Sports Radio. Let's name some names, guys. The Chiefs officially have pick 134. That is the 32nd pick of the fourth round, and that is their first of five picks remaining here on day three of the draft. But as we've we've already seen, the Saints have traded up 12 spots to get the number one pick here on day three with the bears and it cost them a fifth round pick. So if you think the Chiefs should trade up, that's probably your window and that's about what it would cost. You've thrown out two names over and over and over again. And I'm going to tell you what, Bink, I'm going to tell you what I saw your reaction when the chiefs weren't able to get Jonathan Mingo yesterday. I acted like a baby. I don't know. What's going to happen to you if they don't get at least one of these Old Dominion guys? Yeah, I know. I'm just gonna... I'm worried about you. Old Dominion Fan Club, Chris and I here. <laughs> Here's a couple guys I really like. Obviously, Tyler Scott's still on the board. I know you like him. He's probably the best available receiver uh, left at this point um, out of Cincinnati. A guy that I'm looking for today at some point, there's a couple of them. Rice Ford Wheaton, the wide receiver out of West Virginia because of his size. A couple of the receivers like Xavier Hutchinson at Iowa State. And I also really like Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer at Nebraska, he ran 4-3-3. He transferred from LSU to Lincoln. Had 1,000 yards receiving there this year. But you go back to his time at LSU, he had a punt return touchdown, a kickoff return touchdown. I wouldn't mind seeing Trey Palmer on day three for the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I would I would like both of those guys there. Um, very surprised that Trey Palmer made it out of round three. Another one of the – I mean, again, we've talked about this – a lot. There's a lot of guys who have fallen in this draft. Very surprising available on day four. Um, but for me, it's Zach Coons. Like, just the 
You don't find a tight end with this level of athleticism. He's my number one dream at this point. You ju- yeah, exactly. You just don't find a, a guy at that position with this level of athleticism. And I, I just think he fits exactly what the Chiefs like from there. And there's not going to be a rush to put him out there. This is the perfect time for you to start drafting projects with high-level athleticism. And I think Koontz fits that perfectly. So he's the guy that I'm looking for at uh, in the fourth round for the Chiefs. And if they get him, you'll probably hear me screaming about it out there at the draft. So Him and Hunter Lupke. Yeah. And Nick Seldeberry. I, yeah, I think those I would, three guys will have me I, running I, around this building naked. I think because of the Wanya Morris pick, I'm not – I don't – I don't I, I'm, I'd be surprised if they go offensive line again. Uh, but – Definitely Lukey, like maybe sixth, seventh round for sure. I, I'd be all about it. See, like, I don't subscribe to that, though. Just like last year when they threw all those darts at defensive backs. Like, I mean, you throw several darts because one, one's chance of working. Like, I would get more than one wide receiver in this draft with she Rice. I, w- I would build your camp up there. You still get the practice squad, whatever. I would keep throwing darts at wide receiver. If I'm the Chiefs and maybe one of these guys, diamond in the rough, finding. Yeah, I mean, maybe fifth round. It, like, fifth round if... Like, if they get Koontz fourth round, fifth round, if one of these guys is still around, like a Palmer or whatnot, or if they really like Bryce Ford Wheaton. Or Ronnie Bell. Or Ronnie Bell. Like, maybe they can go that in the fifth. So, they got options. Oh. This is not a, a reason to push yourself. We got another. We got more action, boys. We've What's got action? more action. Another trade before round four begins. Tom Pelissero of NFL Network reporting that the Houston Texans have traded pick 104 to the Raiders. So the Raiders will be team two on the teams. Are being the Raiders aggressive. had a bunch of picks today. And so it makes sense that they would try and trade up here, especially with so many guys falling. And you think about the division and what some of these teams are doing. I mentioned earlier that I kind of liked uh, some of the picks that Denver made. Like I literally liked the men's pick. Yeah, I, Marvin that was a, was a good pick. I, I thought that was a nice pick for Denver, even though it's been limited from what they have. But I like to look at what these teams are doing and can they make a jump? Um, to, to try to beat the, Drew Sanders, the linebacker from Ar- Arkansas that Denver took, actually liked that pick as well. But you look at what some of these teams are doing and how they plan on combating the Chiefs. And the Raiders are a team that's really screwed up in the draft. Probably more, well, actually, more than anybody in the NFL the last couple of years. But Tyree Wilson, I like Michael Mayer, the tight end at Notre Dame, replacing Darren Waller uh, there with Vegas. A nice pick. And Trey Tucker, the wide receiver that they last took out of Cincinnati. Raiders are quietly doing some nice moves, but they bulked up Byron Young from Alabama on the defensive line. You bring in uh, Michael Mayer for tight end as far as what the Raiders are concerned. But you look at what these teams are doing, and you think, okay, which of the Mahomes picks and which ones aren't? Because if you're not looking at the Chiefs, is public enemy number one when you're one of these teams, you're doing it all wrong. I think all of the offensive picks nowadays, maybe not Wanya so much. I think Wanya was probably more so an offensive line. Hey, we'll talk to Trey. We'll talk to Creed and and see if we can get those guys there. But I I think for sure, any pass catchers you're talking to, you're talking to Patrick about that guy, about his fit. You're probably watching film with Patrick and seeing if, you know, there's some things that he likes there. And, and I imagine from now on, you're going to hear a lot of, a lot of stuff about the Chiefs consulting with him on any offensive playmakers there. And Mike Berganzi, the assistant general manager, who was a yeah, scout for yeah. the Chiefs, he admitted it. He said, we get Pat's advice. Right. Like, he came out and said, we asked Pat. Yeah. Rasheed was a secret 
attendee of Camp Pat. And I, I was so surprised that did not get out. Yesterday yeah. was about Pat, and that's what I wanted. Well, the, yeah. the exact quote uh, Adam Lefko gave on Bleacher Report's live stream yesterday was that Pat worked out with them, and then he told Veach, go get him. There you go. Go get him. That's all you need to hear. Yesterday By the way, was about Pat. Um, I think I've convinced myself I want to see a running back in round four. I want to see the Chiefs go up and get the guy you think can come in, slot right next to Isaiah Pacheco. Yes, you got Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round. I don't think you're going to be that fortunate every year. I think there's still a lot of really talented backs here available, whether it's Deuce Vaughn, uh, Roshan Johnson in Texas might be a little too rich for their blood. Another guy we haven't talked a ton about, Chase Brown out of Illinois. I mean, the guy. That's one of the guys. I yeah, he yeah. had his great. I like him. I mean, he tested really well at the combine. I think he had the best. I think he had the best broad jump and the best vert, if I don't, if I recall correctly. He's one yeah. of the top running backs in the nation yeah. last year. One of the, one bouncy. Of the... You watch him play. He's just bouncy. And you think about the way that Fourth in the nation. Pacheco is north-south. Like, I am going to be a hammer. I'm going to go straight. This guy has a little bounce to his game. I think he would compliment Pacheco nicely. And Dwayne McBride's still out there, UAB, second leading rusher in the nation. Another another guy I like is uh, Israel Abanaconda from Pitt. Oh, he nailed really. the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I good I've, at that, man. I've watched film. I've watched film on him uh, for my work for PFF, and yeah, that's a kid I I like. I like him a lot. So uh, that's I think he could fit in. He can catch passes. He can run like uh, pretty decent pass protector. Uh, not like one of the elite guys, but most of those guys in college are not elite pass protectors. Well, Jared Beach, he wants a running back that he can throw in the slot. Yeah. he wants hands, and he can't. And they, and they did throw him in the slot at Pitt. So. I think that he he's a fit there as well. There's a lot of good running backs here on day three. So I don't think the chiefs would need to like reach at that position as compared to like some other positions. So this, this could very well work. This work out really well for them. If the chiefs really do want to go run. And as the, the, the fourth round is set to begin here in four minutes, we have another trade. Another trade. The Eagles have now traded up to pick 105. So nobody's been picked today. (laughs) Nobody's been picked today, but now the first three picks of the day have all been traded. Heading into, I don't know what the hell is there's about a, to happen. The board there's resets a, today. There's a whole <laughs> lot of, I t- we've been talking about this for the last couple hours now. There's a whole lot of guys that dropped that were projected to go day two. And I'm sure that there's a lot of teams out there who have ammunition who are salivating right now at yeah. the amount of players sitting there that they can go up and try to get here. Speaking of running backs, as far as Andy Reid, what he values in running backs, I say the three categories. I think one, he values can you catch. Two, can you block? Three, can you run? I think running is the third most important thing for running backs. Well, in this offense, in this offense, it makes sense. And guess what? You already got a guy who can run, Isaiah Pacheco. So that that box is checked. But we did third one banger, man. Yep. All right. Well, day three, beginning momentarily. We got another hour left with you here on 610 Sports Radio. This is an NFL draft special with the Character Concerns podcast crew. Subscribe and download today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 610 Sports Radio.